The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Happy Sunday, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. We are live this week following a memorable yet really wacky and weird UFC 294 events. Some early day MMA in Abu Dhabi. Islam Makachev, still the lightweight champion of the world. Hamzat Shamayev returned, but perhaps we have more questions than we have answers. A lot to talk about from a matchmaking perspective. I am Mike Heck, and as you can see, the man to my right, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, gosh darn it, he's my best friend too. He is the great Alexander K. Lee, A.K. Happy oh. Sunday. How are Hello, you? Hello, my best friend. Hello, my fellow, my fellow Celtic fan and all the other uh, Celtic fans out there currently dominating hearts uh, 3-0. Uh, I'm doing great. That was... A very strange card. I thought pretty fun to watch. I saw some people dumping on it after. Um, and I understand why. It was a little disappointing. We didn't get like a great banger in there. But like the results were intriguing. We knew it was going to be a memorable card no matter what. I was saying this to our, our good pal uh, Shaheen Al-Shadi before about, uh, you know, he always does the post-fight sort of, art, uh, you know, biggest storylines articles. Which is live now on MMAfighting.com, guys. Go check that out. It's a 7 Seven parts. It's seven parts because normally he does a top five, but there was so much. No matter who won on Saturday, we knew there's gonna be a lot to talk about. Whether Islam won as he did, or if Alexander Volkanovski pulled off the upset, if Hamza beat Usman, or if Usman shocked everyone and came out on short notice and uh, beat Hamza in his middleweight debut, uh, we thought we we're gonna have a light heavyweight number one contender. There's, there's all kinds of things that could have potentially happened, and somehow in the end, we couldn't have predicted all of the 
bizarre comings and goings uh, of Abu Dhabi on Saturday. But but it was like a, an enjoyable card to watch, if only for the strangeness. It won't be remembered for like, oh, the, the brilliant in-cage action. Some of the highlights are pretty good, but even those weren't like all-timers. I don't know if we have anything on here that's going to end up on our like year-end list. But um, with combat sports and with the UFC, when you have this many shows, this many pay-per-views, uh, memorable is really the minimum that you're asking for. And I think that the card certainly delivered in that regard. I would agree. Uh, the good was really good. The bad was really bad. Oh, Mike, you're, you might be muted. I don't know if your mic is... Mike, your mic might be down. I know I can't hear you. I don't know. I, people in the comments, let me know. Can you guys hear Mike? All right, Mike. So Mike is... Yeah, okay. We see people. All right. No worries. Mike, sort that out. I will continue to uh, wax poetic about the card a little bit. Guys, you know Mike is on the road. Of course, he's been doing the watch party uh, every major show. Make sure you guys go watch and replay watch a replay of that. I only wish we could have had Jed Mashu on the uh, on the main uh, on the show for the main event. He was doing a live blog. He does typically does live blogs on Saturday. So uh, he did. He was there for the co-main. So if you guys want to see Jed's thoughts, uh, live reactions to Hamza versus Kamar Usman, definitely go back and watch the uh, the the watch party watch the watch party always a fun thing to say and uh if you want to see uh mike and gc how they reacted to a shocking i'll say shocking because i don't know if everyone anyone predicted that islam would have won by head kick knockout uh then definitely tune into the watch party because you will get uh, mike and uh, gc just absolutely losing it it was a hell of a moment guys it was a hell of a moment if you're me uh i picked islam to win for sure oh uh, by the way guys i see you guys sending in picks I think I see some people sending in picks. Uh, wait till after we do sort of our rundown. I will leave a prompt in the YouTube. Uh, we can kind of go back and pick out comments, but it's easier if like you just kind of wait until uh, it's listener comment time, uh, listener suggestion time, excuse me, and then we will get to all of that. So uh, Mike is working out technical difficulties. I don't want to get to the picks just yet, uh, Mike, Mike and I's picks, but uh, we will have that for you in a moment. I'll, do, I'll just keep doing a little rundown here while Mike is getting that fixed up. Uh, in the co-main, and I guess we can talk about, well, Mike, I'll let Mike talk about the main more. In the co-main, very intriguing. We got Hamzat and a uh, former dominant UFC welterweight champion, Kamar Usman. And I think a lot of pick, people pick Hamzat, but I don't know if anyone picked him to win to a decision. And I don't know if anyone who was picking Hamzat thought that Usman would come pretty darn close to winning. The final scorecards were two 29-27s in uh Shamaya's favor two of the judges giving him a 10-8 and uh 128 28 draw score if you look at the scorecards interesting they were actually all different so it wasn't just the, the two 29 27s weren't just uh 10-8 first for uh Shemaev and then uh, the they agreed on 10-9 for the other rounds uh the 10-9s were split so uh on, on the two 29 27s so it's kind of interesting there was no agreement either way but uh, there's definitely an easy case to make that Usman took the last few rounds. I had a 29-27 uh, for Shemaev, but Usman did uh, the second round. Neither guy did a lot, and I thought Usman did a little bit more. And the third round, if Shemaev hadn't gotten that takedown, I mean, I don't. I, I think it would have been a pretty clear Usman round. And and Shemaev didn't do a ton of damage on the ground, but I didn't think Usman was dominating the feet. So that's how that went. Mike, do we have you back? Do you hear me? Oh yeah, we hear you. All right, we had to go through right. the headphones. Microphone's right. being stupid. You sound pretty good anyway. I think you're fine, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Sure. Um, like we said, the good was really good. The bad was really bad. 
let's, but there was some great, and the greatness came from Islamakchev because he just obliterated Alexander Volkanovsky. Incredible performance. Absolutely waxed out Volk. And Islam kind of, you could see it in his body language before the fight. He kind of knew he was going to do that. It was just, those were the vibes that I got. Like I even said on the watch party, as soon as I looked at Makachev when he was getting introduced, I'm like, man, this dude looks ready to go. And he delivered in a big way. In my opinion, he is the best fighter in the entire world right now. He's the number one pop found fighter on the planet. And he proved that for sure with this knockout win over Alexander Volkanovsky. So AK, I think, look, this is a weird, wacky division. This is a weird, wacky sport. With Conor McGregor looming, we could always throw him in somewhere, and I'm not throwing him in here. I'm not throwing him in here. So, this is a two-horse race. It's Charles Oliveira or it's Justin Gaethje. And I really loved what Makachev had to say after the fight. He didn't immediately say, well, I'm going to go fight for the welterweight title or anything like that. Now, if Colby wins the welterweight title, maybe he changes course. But to me, let's just kind of go back to normal. Let's do this right. Lightweights fight lightweights, featherweights fight featherweights, welterweights fight welterweights. You going Charles Oliveira because he was originally supposed to be in this fight? Or are you going with the BMF champion, Justin Gaethje, here for Islam Akhjev? I'm going, I'm going Gaethje. Uh, this may just be the fickle MMA fan in me who was like, oh, I want fresh matchups. You know, Because let me say, I didn't love the Oliveira rematch, you know, which is what we originally were supposed to get at UFC 294. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Happy as an Oliveira fan. I did want to see them fight again at some point, but it kind of felt like there just was no other lightweight contender that worked with the timing. Uh, so they gave Oliveira his second shot. And and, and Charles earned it. He, be, he beat Benel Darius. He did beat another top five guy. So he did earn it. It, it. it made sense. I just wasn't crazy about it. And even though I've joked many times that I want to see Oliveira fight him again, and Oliveira beats Makachev, and uh, that which coaxes Khabib to come out of retirement, and then and then Oliveira fights him and beats him, that's a fun pipe dream. But I'm not, you know, I'm not married to it. I think I have to let that go. Uh, so yeah, if Charles, if they rebook Charles and Islam too, no problem. Again, I'm just, it's just not my favorite matchup, and I'm also okay with Charles fighting other people. They might say that's unfair, but there's just a lot of exciting fights for Charles, and I want to see. I have no problem him fighting someone else in the top ten. I think it'd be fantastic. So, uh, I'm down for that. But Gaethje's a fresh matchup. I think the timing works out a little bit better. I know uh, Oliveira is not going to be out for a super long time. It's a cut, right? Uh, so there shouldn't be too many complications with that. But um, uh, Gaethje, let's make that BMF title mean something. Let's make that fight with Poirier mean something. Uh, both guys were saying they expected a number one, a number one, it to be a number one contender fight. I don't think that was ever like locked down by Dana White. But when is when are those kinds of things ever locked down by Dana White? So, uh, but let's let's lock it down for them. Let's do it for the matchmakers and say BMF champion versus undisputed lightweight champion, possibly undisputed number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Uh, I'll go with Gaethje versus Makachev next. I'm not even gonna queue up the band here. That's the fight I want too. I'm also just like. In- incredibly fascinated by that fight from a stylistic perspective. And like you said, if they end up doing Makachev versus Oliveira too, then fine. I'll watch it and I'm not going to complain about it, but I really want to see the Gaethje fight because not only is the stylistic aspect of it really interesting, but the fact that Justin Gaethje, this is his last chance to win a title. Like this is it. If he doesn't beat Islam Makachev, he's never going to be the UFC undisputed lightweight champion. Never going to happen. This is his last chance 
to be a, a world champion. So I'm interested from that perspective. I didn't think Matush Camera could get the Charles Oliveira fight, but after what I saw last night and how I feel right now, I kind of feel like he might Gamrot might get his wish. They might just do the Gamrot Oliveira fight. And that might not be all the way fair for Charles Oliveira, because it's not his fault that he got cut before this title fight. But it might be. It might be his fault. Maybe. <laughs> well, but, why is he why what is he doing? They said this has happened hours before the flight, right? Something like that, yeah. What's just what the, the whole thing's super weird. It's just all super weird. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I I love I love Charles, but when I heard that it was like a few hours before the flight, he got cut. I'm like, dude, what? Like how hot? Maybe they, I, I I I'm not a fighter. I don't know the kind of preparation they need to do and when they need to do it. So again, I should be more sympathetic. But it did sound weird to me, and I guess kind of kind of irked me, just as a fan, just from a fan's perspective, you know. Yeah, uh, don't watch the post-fight show if you're into conspiracy theories, because Jed threw one out there that Oliveira cut himself on purpose to avoid what happened. No, no. Yeah, I mean, he's probably he's, he was joking, but. Was he? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Jed. So uh, on the flip side, we have Alexander Volkanovsky. And I was a little bit concerned about some of the things he had to say, not because he wants to like keep going and accomplish great things, but the fact that he wants to turn right back around and fight after getting absolutely annihilated in brutal and violent fashion by Islam Makachev is incredibly concerning to me. So this, I mean, obviously this is the, the easy pick. The correct answer is Ilya Teporia. I still, I'm actually more interested in Volkanovsky Teporia after what I, what happened yesterday, but this fight cannot happen in January. It just can't wait till February, wait till March, April, May, whatever. And I know Volk got super real and raw talking about how difficult it is for him to be on layoffs, how he has to sit back and wait months to fight. And it's like, he kind of loses his mind, but it's clearly Taporia, but I can't, I don't want to see it in January. Okay. I, I just can't, I just can't give the man a little bit of time. Volk's got to figure this thing out, but January is just way too soon. It is clearly Taporia. Except for the fact that Tupor is going to end up fighting Edson Barbosa next. So I don't know why. So unfortunately, unfortunately, Mike, I have to stick to my guns here. I I, I have to stick with my no predictions. I said Volkanovski is going to lose. I certainly didn't predict head kick knockout. I said Volkanovski is going to lose. I said he's going to go back to featherweight, but he can't go back right away. But because we know he's going back, that they won't make an interim title fight. Uh, And they also, they won't make it with with Ilya Tuporia and and Holloway because if Holloway beats Tuporia, then he has to fight Volkanovski again, right? So that's why. So now I think we're even further from from Holloway uh, getting an interim title shot, uh, and much closer to my matchup of Tuporia and Edson Barbosa. Not for a title. I'm not sure what the stakes would be. It's really a kind of a keep busy fight for Tuporia and keep him in line. And also, if Barbosa pulls a shocking upset, then you give Barbosa a title shot. Uh, by the way, thank you. Shout out to Simon Phoenix on Instagram who told me that on your boy John Annick's podcast with Kenny Florian, they also suggested. Edson Barbosa versus Ilya Teporia. Great minds think alike, Mike. Great minds think alike. John Anik would People, never say that. Yeah, I don't know. If it, sorry. They, I don't know who it was. Uh, the Simon Peterson said they. I should have gone back and listened to the clip myself. You're irresponsible. I did it. But he said they match made the exact same fight. He said it was mentioned on the show. Maybe it was Kenny. Maybe it was Kenny. Whoever it was, someone on the show mentioned this. And uh, I'll tell you, it's building up steam. It's building up steam. <laughs> I think you got to do it. Especially if Teporia wants to fight sooner and doesn't want to wait for Volk. 
And, and let me make one more note of Volk. I'll say real quick. People go watch the interview with Volk. It's a short one. He, he was he hung around for 10, 15 minutes. There's also the clip on our socials if you just want to see the clip. But yeah, he's talking about kind of getting into a difficult mindset in between fights. And he said everything short of, and by the way, this is just my uh, couch, you know, analysis of his his um, interview, post interview. He said everything short of like that he gets depressed. My understanding is he was saying he gets depressed. He gets depressed when he doesn't have a fight lined up, when he doesn't have a uh, anything, you know, to train for, to prepare for. And this is a lot of people in a lot of walks of life, but especially for cage fighters who I think have to be in a very specific mindset their goals are so singular on this very, very intense thing. Uh, it It's it's kind of a scary thing. So I know Volk didn't say it. And again, that's just, and, and maybe he wasn't, maybe he's not depressed, but go watch his interview. That's That was my gauge on it. And I hope that he does take time off. I hope he gets some help. I hope he talks to people about it, gets some like professional help if that's what he needs, um, because it's very serious. And again, as you take head injuries, you know, that doesn't really help things either. And they were interviewing him right after, like he got head kicked like an hour before his, Post, as a post-fight scrum. So to him, I hope he gets help. All those athletes out there, anyone out there, anyone out there struggling with mental health, please go talk to someone, get some help. Uh, it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I don't think, Vol I hope Volkanovski is not ashamed of it. I know it's difficult for him to talk about, um, but it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It happens to everybody. Uh, I think the majority of people deal with mental health issues. And uh, I hope people see an interview like that and say, well, this guy can achieve everything he did while dealing with this stuff. Then, uh, you know, it's 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 not it's not there's nothing wrong with with talking about it. Completely agree. Who did you pick for Volk? Oh, did I say? Uh, oh, the Barbosa Toporia winner. Oh Jesus Christ! Gives okay. gives Volk plenty of time, Mike. Plenty of time to recover while those two uh, scrap it out in January or February. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna do a gimmick, just go all in on it. Yep. I, I guess is the way to go. Consistency. Consistency, Mike. I can't wait. Look, we're we are about to live in a world where we're gonna get Makachev Volk two, John Jones Stipe, Edwards Covington, and then to kick off twenty twenty four after those three events, we're about to live in a world where Juliana Pena and Raquel Pennington are going to be the first pay per view main event of twenty twenty four. Oh Bring my it. lord! Bring it! Oh my gosh! The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down, and new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's move on to the co-main event. Hamza Shemaev defeats Kamar Usman. I was trying to figure out my audio issues. I, I know you were talking about it a little bit. I scored it 29-27 for Hamza Shemaev. If you scored it a draw, I have no issue with that scorecard at all because Kamar Usman, you can make a strong case. He won that third round, but Shemaev able to dig deep. There's some rumor and innuendo that, a broken wrist or a broken hand may have happened to Hamza during the fight. That's kind of why he performed the way that he did. At least that's what people are saying. But at the end of the day, Shemaev gets it done. And the whole premise and storyline in regards to this fight was, well, winner of this fight's getting a middleweight title shot. And then Dana White goes to the press conference and he doesn't really declare anybody the number one guy. This might have been a good night for Drinkus Duplessis, AK. It might have been. It might have been an okay night. Yeah. I think I think DDP's best friend right now is availability. And if the UFC calls, they say, hey, we want Sean Strickland. Perhaps in January. Maybe they call DDP and say, look, we lost Volk to Poria. We want you, DDP, to fight Sean Strickland for the middleweight title in January. Homeboy better say yes, or he is getting skipped over for Hamza Shemaev. And I think he will say yes. So is Hamza Shemaev's next fight in your eyes for the middleweight title? And if not, who is he going to fight? I'm okay with it if it is because I'm all in. on. I've been all in on the Hamza train. I think he has the skills to get it done. But after that performance on Saturday, which again, I, he may have won the fight. He may have won the fight. He certainly came the closest to finishing the fight. That's that's indisputable. If we're going by who looked, you know, who, who had the best moments. And it was for a long time, right? He dominated that first round. It was five minutes of domination. I certainly scored it at 10-8. All three judges did as well. Um, then he looked impressive in that sense. But... There's clearly holes there. He can, maybe he broke his hand shirt, but he seems to always have excuses for these tough fights. Um, because he also said the Gilbert Burns fight. Oh, look, I could have taken him down, but I just I wanted to brawl. I wanted to. Well, it's like that's fine. That's your choice. That's still that's still something that's happened. And and if these kind of things keep happening to the same person, at some point you have to ask: Is there just fundamental flaws in their game? Now, again, I do think Hamza will be world champion, but I think the some of the ex- excuse making whoever's making the excuses for him needs to kind of be pushed aside a little bit and he needs to really think about some of the flaws he has because i think he can win um but there's some there's some real legitimate questions there i am not booking him for the world title next i think it's fair to just rebook him with paulo costa um i said going into this fight like i was okay if they just you know if he beats usman they skip skip over the costa fight but uh, like you said, I, I think DDP still makes a lot of sense. If he's willing to fight in January, that's the way to go. I still think there's a lot of heat to the Shemaev-Costa fight. It's not like this fight was just thrown together for no reason. There's there's quite a rivalry there. And it would feel like a shame to kind of waste all that build, um, both on the UFC side and both fighters' sides. And uh, Costa's girlfriend slash manager has put a lot of work into it as well. So, uh, And, it would, I, I, and I would, it would answer more questions. It would answer more questions for Shemaya the middleweight. Um, he just needs to. His resume is good. His highlight reel is amazing, 
he just needs a little bit more for me to to see him as an unequivocal uh number one contender and mike i will say uh i don't know if we're just for for dana uh in his defense he yeah he didn't push uh hamzat as the number one contender but neither did hamzat uh after the fight the dan cormier interview right right immediately he was just kind of like oh i don't want to talk about title for now i just uh thank you to my family thank you a lot of thank yous he was oddly restrained he was oddly restrained normally you would expect hamza to do that uh, i'm uh, strickland for me next i'm going to smash him nothing like that so if you're dana white you kind of understand i can very kind of understand not wanting to immediately uh push this guy as a title contender so it could happen but they're leaving their options open that's probably the smart thing to do i'll tell you what if i'm sean strickland i am calling for hamza shabayev Mm. I am going all in on him. Just go. After watching that, like, look, there's a very real world where Hamza just runs over Sean Strickland in the first round. But if he doesn't, like, if Sean Strickland gets to round two and beyond, that fight is incredibly fascinating. It really is. Because Sean is so durable and his gas tank never empties. And Hamza clearly has some issues with, going the distance now he is able to dig deep and find another level in order to win but sean is at like full speed all the time so that is actually a really interesting fight in fact mm -hmm. the opening odds for that fight i think it was like strickland or hamzat opened as like a minus 300 and then within minutes it was hamzat minus 200 there was money immediately flying in on sean strickland <laughs> immediately Man. which is incredibly interesting however i think the injury Everything going on, I do think it will get Strickland DDP. And I'm with you, AK. We're not queuing up the band because there's really only two choices here. You either give Hamza the title shot or you give him Paul Costa. And it's me, it's Paul Costa. I think we're going to queue up the band now, Mike, for this next yeah. I got a feeling. You got a feeling? I think we're, I think we can, we, we're the, where we're going to land on. I said we're doing Usman next, I assume. We are doing Usman right now. I have a feeling we land on the same name and not necessarily like an easy choice. So I think we get to queue up the band. I don't know if we are. Because you're saying name. I don't have a name oh, yet. Okay. Hold on. I'm telling the band to, nope, tell the band to put the instruments down. I tell the trumpet player, he's very enthusiastic. Okay. Uh, Mike, what, what, where are you going with it for Usman? There's a fight coming up in December. Oh. Between a young, hungry, fiery, dangerous whippersnapper and the wily multiple-time title challenger who is looking to thwart the rise of a potential superstar. There's a fight between Shafkar Rachmanov and Wonderboy Thompson coming up uh, at UFC 296. And I think Kamaru Usman's going to fight the winner of that fight. I think he's going to fight the winner of that fight. Now, there's a very real world where Colby Covington becomes the welterweight champion. And I know some people, when I say that, are rolling their eyes right now. But there is a very real world where Colby wins the welterweight title and then calls out Kamaru Usman, especially after seeing him lose three straight fights in order for him to negate one of or two of the losses of his career. And Colby's a smart enough guy to do that. I don't know if he beats Leon Edwards. So I'm not going to like, I can't magic ball it that much, but I do feel like Usman's going to stay at 170. And I think he's going to have to fight the chef cut wonder boy winner. I mean, I think honestly, that's as good as it can get for him right now, unless Colby just goes all in on him. If he wins the welterweight title, but that's where I'm going. 
Where are you going? You seem very confident. We're yeah, I, 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 I went in a th- very, very different direction, but I like that. We've wanted to see Usman and Wonderboy for some time. Uh, Stephen Thompson has constantly been trying to get his way to that Usman fight when Usman had the title, especially. Uh, he just couldn't quite string together the right amount of wins. He was knocking off like guys trying to take his spot, but couldn't beat guys ahead of him. And there was a lot of weaknesses shown in the grappling and stuff. So this this would be Thompson's best chance to ever fight Kamaru. It wouldn't be for the title. It's still a fight that he would want. And, uh, of course, if Shawcott beat uh, Wonderboy, um, he would love to add Usman to his resume. He beats Usman, bam, gets a title shot. Love it. I I, I lean toward – we're covering all our bases here, Mike. I lean towards Usman's giving 185 another crack. He said, um, speaking to Megan O'Levy after uh, right away backstage, that like, oh, why not me versus Drickus Duplessis at UFC 300? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Why just, would DDP ever Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a fight DDP is interested in. So I'm not super into that. Uh, but I do I like him staying at middleweight. If he stays at middleweight, I kind of think he could fight Robert Whitaker. Okay. I like they're both listen, both former welterweights. I mean, Whitaker was a welterweight a lifetime ago now, but there was a time he was a welterweight. So they're both not like size-wise, it's not a big deal. They're both essentially just two um welterweights that wouldn't be cutting weight for an a 185-pound fight. Whitaker does not have a very clear path to the middleweight title, uh, if if ever again, and that's fine because I still think he has plenty of fun fights left in him. So I'm dropping this into the fun fight bin because Usman as well. Usman, I'm not sure. Maybe he beats Whitaker, that gets him uh, a, a title shot because I'm sure they want to give him uh, a, t- a shot at the 185 one pound title while you know he still has a name, while he's still a good fighter, which he is. We saw on Saturday, Usman's still a good fighter. So I'd love a match. I would love to see a matchup with him and Whitaker. It's kind of a dream fight too. Again, this falls more in the fun fights category than the what could this mean for the middleweight title picture category, but it has some title implications as well. Okay. I'm about to say Rob Whitaker's name, so don't worry about it. Ooh. Don't you worry. And it's not with Kamara Usman. So a little tease there. Um, we have a rule on onto the next one that if a fight yeah. does not end in – like some sort of a winner or a loser. We don't talk about it, but I think it's pretty clear. We'd run back Magomed Ankalaev, Johnny Walker yeah, sometime in the future. And that's all we really need to say about that. That was but strange. Stephen, yeah. It was very, very weird. The doctor, <laughs> yeah, that strange. doctor is a fucking idiot. He got his and... camera time though. He got his camera time today though. Yeah. Like we're yeah. talking about him. We're talking about, him. he's looking at that. He's, he's showing his, his friends and family, the headlines say going like, oh, that's me. The idiot. Do- that's me. The idiot doctor. That was yeah, I'm the asshole. Like, I, never go when, you, when you're tapping the the significant on their shoulder, be like, "Yeah, I'm the asshole." Everybody's talking <laughs> about on meme. YouTube right now. Look at this. Me- I'm a meme. I'm a kid. What honey, a I'm a meme. <laughs> what an absolute dick. To somewhat not defend him, but I guess to play devil's advocate, I do think Johnny Walker was kind of out of it, but it's so hard to tell with him because uh, he's a wonky dude. He's a wonky dude, and also we don't have the exact conversation. For anyone who missed it, it sounds like the doctor asked him where he was, and he didn't say like Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates specifically. And supposedly that's like why the the doctor may have considered him unable to continue. But it's it, it even even if he was out of it, it was communicated so poorly. And then you add it on to the doctor's interaction with Victor Henry earlier in the night. Oh my god! And it's hard not to it's hard not to vilify this guy a little bit. So. Guy, you know me. I'm sympathetic with everyone. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, uh, but this this doctor, I would love to see him interviewed. I I, I do have some questions. I do have some. Dude, questions. I'm getting the higher class driver's license to like drive the bus. On like, to, I'm not gonna run him <laughs> over, but I, he is going to lay under that bus that I'm going yeah. to back up. He's gonna lay back like a television show, mm. and he's just the bus is just gonna be 
on top of him. He'll be okay. He'll be fine. But just, he'll be looking up at yeah. exhaust systems and things of that nature. Oh, okay. So. He might have a tire track on him. That guy, <laughs> that guy just sucked. He, I mean, he sucked so bad yesterday. I mentioned Robert Whitaker. It's Iker Malascaraf, okay? Iker Malascaraf just obliterated Worley Alves. And we kind of figured that would happen. I had like four parlays, and I think Iker Malascaraf was in all of them because I was so confident in what he could do. I am also very confident that Iker Malascaraf right now, like I think if he fought Sean Strickland right now, I would pick Iker Malascaraf. Oh my gosh. Wow. I Now, and... and People who have followed my career, even pre-MMA fighting, know how highly I regard Iker Malascaraf as an as an as a fighter. He is so friggin' good, and I think honestly, the fact that he fought on the Contender Series is a travesty. This dude did not have to fight on the Contender Series. He should have got got brought into the UFC and fought a top fifteen guy immediately with pomp and circumstance behind him. That's how talented this guy is, and I don't think people understand how good he actually is. Ham, to, it, to even add to that, Hamza Chamayev, to this day, after fighting Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns, if you ask Hamza Chamayev who's the toughest opponent of your career, he will say without hesitation, it's Ikram Alaskarov. The one loss on Alaskarov's career is Hamza, a long-ass time ago. So for me, I want to see what this guy could do. I really do. And he's 30 years old, and at this point, it's kind of like, I don't think you're going to build this guy into a star. I don't think you're going to build this dude into a superstar. There's no slow burn here. You just have to throw him to the wolves. And if he wins, then you got something. Just give him Whitaker. Give it to him right now. If he beats Robert Whitaker, then he's right there. And you can build something here. And if he loses, then who gives a shit? It's the end of the day. Like The guy's still fun. He could still get wins. But with a guy at 30 entering his athletic prime, and as good as he is, just throw him to the wolves and see how he does. And I think he could beat Robert Whitaker. I think he could beat him. So that's the fight I want to see. Ikram Alaskarov versus Robert Whitaker right now. Right friggin' now, AK. What's say it's a, It's a great fight. I, I think there's a part of me that like agrees with you so strongly that that's why I don't want to see it. I, I, I just, I maybe I'm not ready to see Robert Whitaker being thrown into that um, gatekeeper sacrificial lamb role. It, I mean, not that, not that like he doesn't have a chance himself, but I think all of us would be looking at that fight as well. This is Alice Garov's to win and to vault himself into a top contender spot and, and get a title shot. Cause you're right that it's there. There's, there's no time like the present for him. Um, he's in his prime. He's in his prime. He's had good wins before the UFC. Uh, and all he needs, all he needs really is two or three good wins in the UFC. It's unfortunate. He was supposed to fight Nasruddin Imabov at uh, 294. Instead, he got thrown Worley Alves. God bless Worley. Um, but it's just not a middleweight anymore. Took the fight on less than two weeks' notice. Really was just a paycheck. Uh, I kept saying that before the fight. I know it sounds harsh, but that's kind of how it played out. You, 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 can't, you can't jump up a division on two weeks' notice and fight a guy like Alaskarov and expect anything good to happen. Um, but because, and this isn't Elskara's fault, because it happened, then I, I I can't throw him into a big fight right away, uh, or I'm choosing not to. So I'm going, I'm keeping at Imavov range, not rebooking that fight, but I'm going to see him, and I would like to see him fight Chris Curtis after, I'm predicting Chris Curtis beats uh, Marc-Andre Bayot at UFC 297, and then that's sort of a, a test for Elskara. And then after that fight, uh, maybe Elskara gets one of those top five guys. I, I think they'll just be a bit slower. I don't, I don't think, no, I don't think they should be, 
I'm saying based on how I think the UFC works, I think they'll be a bit slower with Alex Garov. So I'm going Chris Curtis. It's not bad. It's not a sexy pick. It's not bad. They were going to give Ikram Alex Garov Paul Costa mm-hmm. for his second UFC yeah. fight. Don't forget that. Yeah. Nasruddin Imovov probably watched UFC 294 yesterday and was like, whew, good thing I'd have to fight that guy. <laughs> that could have been a tough, that could have been a tough night at the ops for him. It's nasty. Let's go to the Bantamweight division, AK. The main card kicks off with Saeed Nurmagomedov making just very short work of Moeen Gafarov. Quick submission win, barely broke sweat. It's Chris Gutierrez, AK. That's the fight I'm going with. Both guys just fought recently. Gutierrez will look to avenge a somewhat controversial loss, depending on who you ask, from his teammate Jonathan Martinez. Or Jonathan Martinez beat... Yeah, Jonathan Martinez beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. Kind of controversial. Uh, Chris Gutierrez trying to make sure, hey, Factory X is just better, man. We're going to get multiple wins over the Saeed Nurmagomedov guy. Uh, Chris looked good against Alatang Haley. Let's do that. I think that's a good fight. Just outside of the top 15. Knocking on the door, so to speak. Bantamweight's really good and really deep and really strong. I think it's a good fight. Where are you at? Yeah, I, I said before the fight that there's not a ton. There wasn't a ton for Saeed to gain in this fight because uh, Muin was a, a good fighter for sure, just a bit unproven in the UFC. And I feel like we know his. I feel like we knew his ceiling before he even signed with the UFC. Um, so he didn't have a lot to gain. This is really Saeed just holding on to a spot and not not losing it to uh, to Gafarov. Uh, but he looked great. He looked great. Uh, that guillotine choke is so sick. Uh, it's a super deadly or ninja choke. I think people said it was a ninja choke. Super deadly weapon of his. Uh, Chris Gutierrez, great matchup. I'm going similar range. Uh, January 13th, Ricky Simone, Mario Bautista. Give him the winner of that fight. It's hard. It's hard to clump this bantamweight division. I mean, you can we can win two, three, four straight. Chris Gutierrez was on like a six fight win streak, and I think he was like in our rankings. He, I don't know if he ever even made the top 15 because we included people from Bellator and the UFC. I think he might have 13, 14, six straight fights wins in this division. Chris Gutierrez couldn't crack the top 10, so. Uh, so you just keep just keep cranking away. Same with again Ricky Simone and, and Mario Bautista. One of these guys is going to break through. Uh, it's just going to it's going to be really tough to do. Yeah, it's a good fight. I like that one. So mm-hmm. uh, let's go to the wild card round, and then we will go to the peeps. So get your picks in. Let's select one fighter we have not match made for yet. It will match make for them right now. I apologize, everybody. I, my the allergies here in New York are just I'm getting annihilated today. I woke up just feeling crusty rough so if i look like a little glazed over or sound stuffed up that's why uh but ak wild card pick ufc 294 uh who are you gonna have the cage side physician fight let me me yeah well he he definitely needs a matchup well he's fighting casey come on um uh uh let me do a few quick ones here uh makayev i needs to a little more of a killer instinct we kind of had a bit of a debate about this on our chat but i want to see him get a killer instinct uh, yes, he finishes the third round. Four of his five UFC fight wins are are finishes, but sometimes it feels like he's a bit of cruise control. And Mike, did you see the scorecards for the Elliot um, Mokaya fight? I did not. He was down uh, twenty to eighteen on two of the cards heading into the third. Mokaya was really? Was. I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, I didn't uh, see it. Let me double check that before you know. I am a, I am a fake news uh, peddler, as we all know. <laughs> but uh, let me double. I, I, I Anthony Smith, I think I saw tweeting about it, and that's how I ended up seeing it. Um, Yes, uh, judges Dave Letheby and Daryl Ransom had Tim Elliott up 20 to 18. So wow. if Makayev had not finished, and I don't think he was going to get a 10 8, uh, he would have lost that fight by a split decision. That's crazy. Yes. 
Uh, and that's listen, he's a great young fighter, and he he does finish fights in the third again, a couple back to back now. That's very impressive. That's hard to do. It's very hard to do. It ain't wrong. He shouldn't be. That's not a knock against him, but he's got to be careful. He's playing with fire in some of these matchups, man. He's got to start putting people away earlier. I feel. Uh, so that's a quick one. I want to see that. Also, uh, Javid Bashrat get a social media manager because this dude. Have you seen his his back and forth with Josh Barnett? No. He is. Oh boy, check it out later. He is being real bad, real crusty about this uh, no contest growing kick on Victor Henry. Very defensive, very like, oh, it was a legal strike. Anyone questioning me, like, you guys are, are... he's kind of having I mean, a laugh. You know who his manager is. So there's a very <laughs> real world where he, he didn't. Oh, that's anything. not him? Oh, no. Uh, Josh Burnett's telling his coach, Dewey Cooper, he's like, hey, sort, sort your guy out. Okay, so Javid, get a better social media manager. There you go. How about that? Uh, for, for my actual pick, Mike, you know I hate the phrase "so and so has that dog in them." Oh God, I hate it. I hate that. I don't know. It's aggressive. I should say I hate. The Are phrase. you about to ma- hold on a second? This yep. can't be real. Are you Do about it. to match rig for Mike Breeden? I am. Are you a man? Yes. The man missed do. weight by three and a half pounds. Who are you? This is true. This is true. This is true. Wow, uh, I'm ter- excited for this. Terrible weight miss. Uh, I'm bummed because I was rooting for Angel Jubilee. Uh, I, I, my, 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 my girlfriend is uh, is Indian and her family's Indian, so I'm kind of invested in the Angel Jubilee. Uh, hype train it was and he was winning the fight it's a bit sad to see but mike breeden did a great job uh not including the weigh-ins and he's the only fighter mike scientifically proven who has that dog in them all right i hate this phrase only because it's overused but when it's used accurately then i'm all for it it is a it is a good phrase i'm just so tired of people just going to it constantly people we need to find new ways to say someone is tough just say they're tough we can go back to the old just using you know basic words um but he has that dog in him and he let that dog out in the third round this is what we always ask when we see someone just clearly go down 2018 in the cards listless performance fans are always like fans are always like oh why doesn't why doesn't this person just come out swinging in the third round and i always say look easier said than done because you come out swinging in the third round your opponent's probably just going to knock your ass out and uh, i i think most fighters a lot of fighters to say most would rather lose the decision than go home concussed and not remembering most of the fight not Mike Breeden, my friends. Mike Breeden said, you know what? I'm, I think I, I know I'm down. I'm coming out. I'm barking. I'm shouting. I think someone said he was chanting USA. Yes. In, at one point, he was. <laughs> which, you know, whatever, not my favorite thing, but also kind of crazy and kind of hilarious. So, Mike Breeden, please, yes, you have to make, you have to make weight. Uh, and, but he has that dog in him, man. It's the only time you're going to hear me say this stuff, Mike. I hate this. <laughs> Get it on record. People clip it now because I hate saying it. He has that dog in him. And I think he can bring back the dog out of the guy that I matched him up with. Someone who we saw a kinder, gentler side of this guy. Some people were, he got the win, but some people were disappointed that Trevor Peak didn't come out like swanging and banging on Mohammed Yaya. Uh, hey, Trevor Peak got the win and he got a bonus check. You can't criticize the performance that much. But people want to see the crazy Trevor Peak. You put him in there with Mike Breeden. You're either again. You're either getting someone's getting KO'd in the first minute, or these two guys are slugging it for three rounds and just giving you your money's worth. So, Breeden Peak, let's go. Uh, Kansas versus Tennessee. We got to make this happen somewhere in the, in the good old uh, US of A. Shout out to GC for betting on Mike Breeden as a sizable underdog. Damn, wonderful cash. I think a lot of people did. That line was minus four hundred um, Jubilee at the beginning of the week. And then by yeah. fight night, he was like minus 270. And same with Breen. Breen was like plus 350. And I think by fight night, it was like plus two, plus two. It moved like 100 points. So a lot of people saw that underdog and were like, he got that dog. He got, he don't got under, that underdog in him. He got that dog in him. We got to pick him. 
That was a good pick. Uh, I picked that. F- I, I, I put a bet on that that fight would go to a decision. And of course, Mike Breen had to go crazy and go full on Jason <laughs> yeah. Siegel. And I love you, man. Dreams <laughs> and, and just goes bananas. So uh, fun stuff. Fun stuff. I was going to go Muhammad Al-Kayef because I think like they're just going to give him like an Alex Perez or somebody like that. A guy who has fought for the title at some point. But I think it was kind of a boring pick. I'm just going to make this real easy, AK. I want to see Shara Bullet fight every week. That guy is so fun. He is incredibly fun. And that dude versus Robocop might be one of the fights I need to see more than anything in the world. I have to see those two guys fight. So that's what I'm going with. I, I want it right now. I'm not waiting on it. There is no, well, let's see how he does. Like, give him a couple more fights. No, 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 no. Book that shit now. I got to see Shara Bullet versus Gregor Rodriguez. At 185 pounds, let's just do fun things when they're right in front of you. And this could not be more fun and could not be more convenient. So let's just do that, AK. I want to see Shara Bull fight and Greg Rodriguez. I know you, you've been saying to the man, maybe not mix the martial arts or just just wrestle, just grapple. But yeah. I have a feeling Greg Rodriguez <laughs> is not going to listen to you. And those no, two guys are going to have an incredibly fun fight. That's what's so funny is the Blindado Silva fight on paper. You're saying, oh, this is going to be a stand-up war. Someone's getting KO'd. Instead, Blindado tried to mix the martial arts, and it didn't work out because he didn't really do much once he mixed he mixed them. And then and then on paper, Gregor Rodriguez, an amazing jiu-jitsu guy, uh, you would think, oh, maybe he'll use grappling. Except he never uses his grappling in MMA. He's 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 become this straight up just like knockout artist. Never grapples anybody, and uh, that's the probably get to your stand-up war with Charm. Very, but MMA is just dumb. It's dumb. It's really dumb. <laughs> But in like the best possible way. But it could also be in the worst possible way. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's go to the peeps. we got about 15 minutes before I have to pack up my shit and get out of this hotel and get ready to fly home. So, Oh, by the, uh, first from the peeps, I just went to a poll. Uh, who should Islam fight next? Uh, 50, uh, 49% Gaethje, 38% Oliveira, 11% other. So Gaethje pretty, okay. pretty firmly ahead. All right, let's go. Uh, put your picks in. I'm going to put them on the screen. We will react. Uh, Scott McCray, Gaethje is next. Final test versus Islam for the title. I love that fight. I really want to see that fight. Uh, Justin versus Charles from Stony Soldier. Gerard. Justin versus, up, wait, uh, uh, Gaethje versus Charles? Two. Two. Uh, well, Basically, never more contender fight, which you gotta I put don't a, You got to put a two in there, brother. I'm, I'm all, right, sure all, right, all right, all right, all right. That's fine. Oh, Jared Bjorken. Jared Bjargan. Uh Hamza versus Whitaker. Usman stays in middleweight versus Costa. Al Scarif versus Vittori. Mahaya versus Nicolau. 
Shara Bullet versus who, dude? Shara Bullet. I thought about that. Super I, that's a great pick. I thought about that. Shara Bullet. It makes a lot of sense, too. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, another Shara versus Pereira. I, yep. I did, like, I'm actually pissed off at myself for not picking that. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really mad at myself. Uh, Tristan, rebook side, Nermagomeda versus Kyler Phillips. Need to see it. Trevor Peak versus Manuel Torres. Mm-hmm. That's fun as well. Dog the Value Hunter. Love that. Nice. Alaskara versus Hermanson, Saeed versus the winner of Simone yeah. Batista, yeah. Mahaya versus Nicolau. Oh, I like the Mahaya versus Nicolau fight a lot as well. Peak versus Manuel Torres, Naima versus Kyle Nelson. Peak versus, Manuel, Peak versus Manuel Torres would be sick. That would be, be sick. That's fun. a great matchup. Big Rock yeah, Johnson. Uh, Islam versus Gaethje, Charles versus Gamrot as the co-main event in one of those lightweight showcase cards. That would be nice. Yes, yep. I like. If it worked out that way, perfect thing to do. DDP versus Costa. I want to see it someday, but I, I not next. Not next. Uh, MVP versus Pereira. Yeah. So, uh, so what happened? Uh, Dana White said they have been talking to MVP. Is that right? Yeah. Which I'm not surprised about. No, they're talking to they're talking to a lot of people. I'm sure. I'm sure if you ask a lot, a lot of free agents, um, there's a lot of people that uh, that they've been talking to. But this would be at the other thing is I don't think Pereira's going back down to 170 and i don't yeah, think he has, has any interest in going up to 185 so i like the idea I, I would love to see them fight someday but i just unfortunately i think uh, the ship is sailed for both guys so probably not do you think mvp ends up signing with the ufc yeah and i think dylan dennis does too i don't know why i brought oh, that up i thought i apologize this this has been a dylan dennis free podcast for 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 two years and then uh now i think the past two weeks we've mentioned him. we have all we had to talk about him so I think but I want to get ahead. I want to get ahead of it, though. I do think he is. Dan, Dennis is going to sign with you. Why would they sign him? I'd like people are talking so we, about him. We were talking about this on BTL, and Dan made a great point. Put him on the Ultimate Fighter. I don't get that though. Like as a as a contestant. Yes, he won't do it though. He won't do it. Why? They have to pay him. You got to compensate him. You got to compensate. You really? Him. Th- oh. You really think the UFC is going to chuck millions of dollars at Dylan Dennis? Not millions. Not millions. In but the UFC? The, but he won't if it's between him getting a deal with UFC, which I think he can get, and just getting like a normal, like decent sized contract versus being the ultimate fighter. I don't know, other than Kimbo Slice, I've never heard of anyone going the ultimate fighter and actually getting paid like a good amount of money. I know Kimbo Slice, the one guy who there are reports where he had said he only did the show because he got like a higher than average rate for being on the show. Um, other than that, I'm pretty sure everyone on the ultimate fighter gets paid the same amount and it's not a lot, it's like a some sort of actor's fee. Um, I don't know if that's worth Dan's time. Uh, Ten weeks. He does like fame. He does like exposure. But how much fame and exposure does that show even have anymore? Uh, even though it is the greatest show of all time, um, and it's all everyone was talking about. You know, Ultimate Fighter Thirty One. But I, I don't. I, I remember because I, I was watching you guys on BTL. And I'm like, I love the idea. He, he's perfect for the show. I just don't know if the money would be right, considering the amount of time that it would it would take for him to have to be on the show. First of all, the UFC has all the money in the world. I so know. Make it work. Um, that would just I think that think that's like the only way it works. I think they're just gonna give him a, I think they're gonna sign him to fight. Oh, there's not one well I don't think there's one welterweight on the oh, roster. Oh no, oh he's fighting another he's fighting someone who's not in the UFC. He's fighting he's fighting a, a three and oh four and oh guy. Uh Mike Heck versus a bar of soap. He has a potty mouth today. Yeah. Sorry, man. I don't tell you. No, don't apologize, my best friend. Uh that's what this that's what this wacko jacko card deserves. Yes. Uh, Islam might struggle to take down Gaethje if he's struggling to take down his recent opponents nowadays. He had to beat them by strike. Maybe. That's why I like the fight. Is he struggling to take down his recent opponents? What's the struggle? Like, Volkanovski's 
takedown defense is like elite. So him not uh, he kicked like, him in the face. He didn't even need to. Well, I think I think he means the first. Fight. I guess he means the first fight. Um, but he um, got takedowns when he really needed he did, them. He the still got fight. the takedowns. And again, it's a credit to Volkanovski that it that uh, Makachev had to work as hard as he did. I mean, work, look at the fights with what Bobby Green and whatever Dan Hooker. Like he ran through them like nothing. And then yeah. even the fight with Charles, the Charles. Okay, like maybe he didn't take him down, but he knocked him on his ass. He didn't need to use takedowns. It's, his his wrestling is still top notch. He's not struggling to take anybody down except for not struggling, um, but he's not. He'll take anyone down if he has to. Holloway Poirier three in the winner fights Charles. And Gaethje versus Islam. All right. We just want to set up Holloway and Charles, right? Why even? Why? Why are we doing the Poirier thing? Let's just do Holloway. Yeah, and just Charles. do that. I'm cool with that. Uh, Alice Garrett versus Hermanson from Dog. Saeed versus the Simone Batista winner. Machaya versus Nicola Peak versus Manuel Soares. I, we already read these. What I am I doing? Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You know what? It's a great name. It's a great name. Dog the Value Hunter. MVP um, versus Jeff Neal. Um, I think there's a newbie. Saeed versus Chris Gutierrez. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Mike, let me read a newbie. I like to do for the first timers from. Uh, I got it. I got, and this is a great name. I got it. I got picks from Yeet Skeet McGillicuddy on Twitter. <laughs> Just want to say it out loud. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the party, pal. Their first picks: Makachev, Gaethje, Shemaev, Whitaker. No, uh, Ankalaev, Walker. Yes, Walker two. Uh, Saeed, Pedro Munoz. Does Pedro Munoz? No, he doesn't have a fight. He just fought in August. He just fought in August. So it could happen. So it could happen. And Makayev versus uh, Amir Albazi. Boy, if you're Amir Albazi, that's not a that's nothing, not a lot to gain from that fight. I shouldn't say that you would be knocking off undefeated, but Albazi's pretty close to a title shot. I feel like. I mean, he's a win away. I don't know. Maybe Makayev's that win. It's like, you know what? It, it. I didn't like it as soon as I saw it, but uh, thank you, thank you, Yitzkeet. All right, what else we got, Mike? Uh, Mahai versus Alex Perez, mm-hmm. uh, Javid Bashar versus Montel Jackson, sure. Saeed versus Chris Gutierrez. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Trevor Peak versus Yanal Ashmus. Sore? Sure, yeah, like it. Good. What else we got? Usman versus Bilal. Mike, we've talked about now, is this a lot. Th- yeah, yeah, go. Was this a good week for Bilal Muhammad? Is it ever a good week for Bilal Muhammad? <laughs> Is it, is he in a better is, is he in a better spot now than he was a month ago? That's a hell of a I, I honestly I can't even okay. Uh what's Bilal's last win? He beat who what was Bilal's Bilal Burns. And how long ago was that now? That was May. And the stupidest fight in the history of the UFC. That was that May, fight that was I'm still so angry <laughs> that that fight was on that card. Why they because it makes no sense. Yeah. It made no sense. I hated it from Jump Street because of this exact scenario we are in right now. These two guys are going to get prayed. I was like, Dana's going to put both those dudes over, and like, he's actually going to say, like, I like Bilal Muhammad. He's the dude and might get a title shot. And that is going to last one day because once this division starts to play out and we finally get Colby back in there, like, no one's going to remember that Bilal Muhammad beat Gil Burns. You just asked me. You just literally asked me five months after the biggest win of Bilal Muhammad's career, who he just fought. That's why this that fight was friggin' stupid. It was dumb. I love the matchup. The matchmaking was perfect, but why rush it and put it on that on that card that that fight didn't add one pay per view buy. No. Not one person was like, you know what? I have to buy this Cejudo Sterling <laughs> card because they just put Bilal Muhammad Gilbert Burns for five rounds on a two weeks notice. They're so stupid. Uh, 
No, then I'll say I, I, five months ago, and five months ago, and there's been no rumblings of what could be next for Bilal. That's a bad sign. That's like is he getting I, a title shot. Will he fight if Leon Edwards beats Colby Covington? Is he getting a title? I shot? hope so. He should fight Leon, but I, but nothing is guaranteed to this man. He's undefeated since January 2019. You can talk about the Leon Edwards fight. Yeah, whatever. Maybe he lost the first round, but it ended in eye poke. It was a five-round fight. We'll never know how it could have gone. I think Edwards would have beaten him, but we'll never know. You can't count that as a loss. So no losses since 2019. And it feels like he is just always two fights away from a title shot. It never feels like he's the next man up. That's so crazy and so unfair to him. Um, I don't think he's getting Usman. I, I, it's just not – Usman just has other options, and the UFC will be more than happy to offer him besides Bilal. So, man, that sucks. That Wonder Boy, dude. If Wonder Boy beats Shafkar Rachmanov, he's probably getting a title shot. Cause everybody, like, he'll be four, he'll be forty-one by the time he fights for the belt. The UFC loves him. Everybody seems to. It's man, it sucks to be Bilal, man. It really does. And I like Bilal a lot. I just wish he would say the right thing. Like this whole notion of like, hey, if I fight Leon Edwards and win, I'm the I'm the greatest welterweight of all time is absolutely insane. I didn't like, even why? see that. Why would he oh, say yeah. that? Why would he say that? He, he basically said, like, my resume is better than GSP's if I beat Leon uh, Edwards. Uh, and okay. I was like, yeah. why? This, is, this, this, is, this is the thing, man. Don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. The man with to, the worst call-out game I've ever you, seen. You have to get to a certain level before you can make insane call-outs like that. Like, like if Connor said something like that, I mean, his followers would eat it up. But if you're Bilal, you just can't. You got to know where you are in the sort of pop culture, social media, MMA sphere hierarchy. Um, and again, he's a great fighter. He should have fought for a title probably two fights ago. That's just not how the game works, though. Usman versus the Kelvin Gaslam, Sean Brady winner, perhaps. Again, I just think Usman wants names now. You know, he wants yeah. names, and I don't know if either of those. He might have three fights left. Mm. That, that might be it. Shavkov is the real Daniel Welterweight. Don't take it for granted. No, trust me. No, no. We Shavkov all think he's a future thing. champion. Yeah. We all think that way. Hamza versus Bilal. I, that fight should have already happened. Yeah. If Bilal just like, if Bilal just called him out after like any of his previous wins, like he would have got that fight. He would have got it, and he might have won, and he'd be in a much better place. But he just wasted callouts on fights he could never, ever realistically get. <laughs> I see. Uh, I see some people disputing whether uh, Hamza is a middleweight or a welterweight right now. I, I believe he could make one seventy if he really wanted to. But what is the point now? What is the point? It's not good for him. He's a huge guy. It's not good for him. He clearly has difficulty making it um he's he looks more than comfortable at middleweight i know again that fight with usman wasn't dominant but that's usman's still very good that's nothing that's nothing against uh hamza usman's still very good hamza has other things he needs to work out and i think staying in one division is going to be huge for him because i think the bouncing between cannot be good for his health it cannot be good for his focus and concentration you are a middleweight hamza stay there stop trying to jump around and screw this screw this two division champ stuff i'm with you that dude, I, I honestly don't know how he made 170 ever. I really don't. I've I've told like I was in Jacksonville and I covered the the fight where he fought Gilbert Burns. He he's not a welterweight. He's not. He's he is like he's a freaking monster. If you told me that 
Like if that was his UFC debut and someone told me he's a 205er, I would have believed you. That's how big he is. He is a friggin' monster. So he's not a wealth warrior. He's not. He, we just I'm, we can't do this anymore. No more cutting. <laughs> no more cutting. Just do 185, like bulk up. Do 185 and 205. Like he, Hamza could be like the Anderson Silva type. Because I know there's a damn there good in Anderson Silva where like Hamza could just like, if he was active, he could go fight for the middleweight title and maybe be the middleweight champion. But just for shits and gigs, he could just go up to 205 and fight Jan Bohovic. Sure. Hey, we need we need somebody to fill in and, and fight Jan Bohovic in the main event of this fight night card in Boise, Idaho. And Hamza's like, okay, smash. And just goes up and fights him. Like that's, I, I just picking off random light heavyweights for no reason just sounds so fun to me it's just really fun uh, uh, I, I see a few people mike talking about i just want to touch upon this quick uh islam uh having ha- hammer fist to the back of volk's head or something and uh, guys let's not do this let's not just i, I don't know why we need to nitpick these makachev volkanovsky fights kicked him in the face <laughs> the first fight was the first fight was awesome and if you want to make a small case for volkanovsky i could see it but it'd be narrow i think it's much easier to square the fight for makachev is a great fight and the second fight he knocked him out the head kick guys the follow-ups yeah the follow-ups i don't know where he hit him it was over Guys, it was over. Let's not overthink this. Sometimes you just watch something for what it is and, and appreciate it. Uh, Makaj is a better fighter, and, and now he's done it twice. Um, and, and also, let me let me add to that. If he did do that, that was very smart. Because as we've been saying, <laughs> as I've been saying for three years now on this here channel, just cheat. Every fighter in the UFC should cheat. All of we them. saw that on Saturday. We saw just, that on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> just being cheat. Kicked. Honestly, the first thing, like if I was debuting in the UFC, if the UFC called me and said, hey, we need you to fight, we'll pay you a bunch of money. The first thing I would do is I would go and kick a dude in the balls as hard as I could. I would sprint across the octagon and kick the guy in the nuts because the guy's going to be hurt and no penalty is going to happen. Hard warning, Mike. Hard warning, though. No, it wouldn't even be a hard warning. (laughs) I would be like, hey, just watch your foot, man. Watch your foot. And you know what I'd probably do once the fight restarted? I'd throw three jabs and I'd kick him in the balls again. You want to know why? Because <laughs> I'm still not going to get a point taken away. Uh, Muhammad Naimov is a very good fighter, but you cannot tell me that those growing kicks he landed on Nathaniel Wood did not affect Nathaniel Wood. Of I, course. He, people cannot, could, you will not convince me. And I think Naimov is a very talented 145er. You cannot convince me that that did not affect the fight. So you got to cheat. You got to yes. do it. Yes, and Nathaniel Wood did not deserve to win that fight. I mean, he he was bad. Really one of the worst. That was one of the worst performances of his career. Mm. He didn't deserve to win. He certainly didn't deserve to lose, though. That should have been a draw. There were six or seven infractions. Six or seven mm. clear fouls in that fight. And not one point was taken. Not one not one ball kicks, fence grabs, glove grabs, six <laughs> infractions, not yeah. one point, not one point is taken. Always cheat, always cheat. Oh, it's even even Ankalaev. Uh, he should have been disqualified, frankly. If there, but I don't understand why that's a no contest. I, I don't understand why that's why why is Ankalaev not disqualified? Like I don't agree with the stoppage, but if you're going to stop the fight, why it's not accidental. This, the strike is not accidental. He he threw an illegal knee to the head. And if, if you ruled that uh, it, incorrectly or correctly, if you ruled that Johnny Walker could not continue, it sh- should should he not be should Ankalaev not be disqualified? So 
it, he cheated and suffered no consequence other than nope. both, got, both guys didn't get their win bonus. We should say that. They did not get their win bonus, which sucks for both of them. Um, but other than that, nope, no disqualification for Ankaliyev, and they'll probably just rebook it. So, And imagine if he just gotten away with it, if the fight had continued. He just scored an illegal knee that clearly rocked uh, Johnny Walker. So cheat people, cheat all you can because life is short. And uh, get that paper. Get that paper. Get those Ws. <laughs> The 30 for 30 on Maga Man Ankle UFC run is really interesting. <laughs> or just that really dude, sad. <laughs> that, dude, that dude just has – he's that guy that's like, man, if I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Oh, that's just – because he's probably the best 205er in the world. He had to fight Kuchalava twice. Way. He had to fight Kuchalava twice for no reason. Like what a waste of everyone's time. Like that fight being booked two times and just yeah. so, so bizarre. Uh, did you see Scott McCrae here, question here about uh, Hamza and Bonickel? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read it out while you, while you look for it. Um, who would you pick if the UFC matched up Hamza versus Bo Nickel? And what do you think the line would be? That's an pick, awesome would, question. I'd pick Hamza. I would pick Hamza. Uh, right uh, right now, I, I would pick Hamza. Man, I don't know. I, the line, I can give you a good guess. I do think Hamza would be favored. Just as much more experience, has fought better competition. But not like crazy. I think like minus 145 Hamza. I think it's higher. You think closer to 200? Yep. I don't know. Dude, I like if this is two years from now, it's a different conversation. But Bo, we have to understand that Bo Nichols' best win is Jamie Pickett. Mm -hmm. Correct. Like by far, that is his yes. best win. And it, most people, if you ask, like there's a lot of people, if you ask them about that fight, think it's controversial because of the cheating. Like there was illegal shots that weren't called. And like, and I don't necessarily like buy into that narrative, but. Like Bo's never been punched in the face like really hard, and Hamza would would hit him, and Hamza's gonna get that. Hamza's gonna get Bo down. Like he's going to take Bo Nickel down. How is Bo gonna deal with adversity? We have never seen it inside of a fight. Exactly, and even Jackson's like Nickel just hasn't been tested. Like his best, his best win is Jamie Pickett, I and mean... God bless you, Jamie Pickett. But he's not very good at fighting. He's like the seventieth best middleweight in the sure. in the world. <clears throat> I just, I feel like, I actually feel like I, it's kind of an easy pick for me right now. Like, Nickel's really good, and he's probably going to win the belt at some point, but it's just, it's too soon, man. It's too soon. Hamzat's just been in there with real hitters, and Nickel just hasn't. I'm not picking Bo, but if I was getting like plus 200, plus 250 on Bo, I thought some on there. If I, I was getting plus two, if I was getting plus two fifty on Bo, I'd probably. I don't think it'd be that high, but but plus two hundred, maybe. I, again, I don't think so. I think maybe. I think maybe I'm saying it would close probably closer. Maybe maybe it would open as like you said, like minus two hundred, minus two ten or something for Hamza. Um, I think it would close both guys more in the minus one hundred and plus one hundred ish range. So, uh, but yeah, if it opens, you know, plus two hundred, plus two something for nickel, I, I'd put some money on him. I, I, it's weird, and that, that's not saying who I'd pick. If it's just picking, no money involved, I'm with you, Mike. Of course, the smart thing to do is pick Hamza. But um, if we're doing like an episode of No Bets Barred, I'd be looking for some value on Nickel. I'd be looking at the decision prop. I'd be looking at I don't know, like third round finish prop. Uh, and I'd be yeah, I'd be thinking I'd be thinking about that. I'd be thinking about that. So I, I, I like got, I like the suggestion. If I got Bo Nickel plus two fifty against literally anybody, I would take it. If That's Bo Nickel yeah, Bo Nickel stepped in on short notice to fight John Jones at UFC two ninety five, and mm. I was getting plus two fifty on him, I'd probably take a shot. <laughs> give, on him. give a shot. <laughs> I'd probably take a shot on him. Mm. Uh, all right, everybody. Okay. This has been kind of a weird show. We yeah, had audio issues. We had some tech mm -hmm. issues, but uh, my I almost my voice is pretty much cooked after the watch party <laughs> yesterday. But we appreciate you all hopping in. 
We're going to be back in three weeks, live on this here channel, following UFC 295, John Jones for Stipe Miocic. Wow, already. Are we going to be able to matchmake for those guys? That's the question I have. Or are they both going to retire? Ooh. Obviously, we'll have a new light heavy. I'm knocking on the, the wood here. We'll have a new light heavyweight champion in three weeks. But again, we don't know because that division is is effed in so many ways because they can't get anything to clearly pass and come to fruition in that division for the last two years. So we'll see what happens there. And 295 is going to be fun. 295 is going to be fun. Benoit Santanee versus Mafravola. Love that fight. I love how Diego Lopez is getting him in his third UFC fight is getting a featured bout yes, at Madison yes. Square Garden. I it love it. Yeah. Him and Pat Sabatini is the featured oh, bout great fight. at UFC 295. We also got Jessica Andrade, Mackenzie Dern on that card as well. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be super fun and exciting. No UFC next weekend, but we'll be back on this. So we have no show next week, which I'm Mike, should, totally should, we, okay should, should we do and ask us anything? We won't promise it. We won't promise it now, but I think you and I can. Yeah, we'll we probably talk, we should. Talk about it. I feel we like it's time. we haven't done one in a while. We haven't. Done, I feel like it's time. Yeah, maybe we'll do and ask us anything. We haven't really had reason to because there was that stretch of like 14 straight weeks or something. And then 17. Card. 17. 17. And then we took and then we just took a straight up, took a weekend off. We're like, no, no show. Give yeah. us a break. So it's been a while. It has been a while. So no promises yet, guys, but I think we can we can talk about it. All right, we'll do maybe we will do a quick ask. I think so, thing. Yeah. Uh and then it's UFC Sao Paulo. Ooh. After that, Jailton Almeida. Versus not Curtis Blades. Uh, He's now fighting Derek Lewis. I'm so sad we lost that fight. I'm just, uh, I'm just not going to get over it. God, can you imagine if Derek Lewis knocks out Jailton? No, Almeida? I can't because it won't happen. No, it probably won't. <laughs> Jailton May is about to beat Derek Lewis get a title shot against Sergey Pavlovich for the vacant heavyweight title. Mm. Crazy world we live in. Uh, a lot of other fights going down. We'll talk about it next week on, on the Ask Anything, but yes. we appreciate you all very much. If you are just getting into this and they're like, eh, I'd rather listen to it. It'll be up on the podcast network in a matter of seconds. So thank you all very much for AK. I am Mike Heck back next week for it. Ask us anything. Always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll have more fun next week on Odds next on the podcast. Good day to you all. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.